Coded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Social Media Decoded. And I am very excited for today's episode. We are going to chat all about how and why it is important for brands and businesses to invest in influencer marketing and what that can look like for your brand or business online. And I knew that I had to bring in a expert to help discuss this topic. So today we'll be speaking to Sakita Holly, and I'm so excited because she is so amazing and does so much when it comes to influencer marketing and PR. So I knew I had to have her on the show. So Sakita Holly is an award-winning publicist and the founder and CEO of House of Success PR. The nine-year-old firm has worked with a wide array of clients that include Luster's Pink, African Pride, Lotta Body, Kinky Curly Yaki, the Harlem Arts Festival, and Heat Free Hair, and so many more. In addition to her PR work, she also hosts a popular business podcast called The Sakita Method, where she shares PR business and lifestyle tips on demand while giving you direct access to your favorite creatives, entrepreneurs, and executives, and the methods that they have that have made them successful. Sakita has been featured by Essence Magazine, Black Enterprise, Women's Biz Journals, XO Nicole, and more for her PR and business expertise. In 2017, Sakita was named as one of PR Week's 40 Under 40 honorees, and she is a proud graduate of Howard University. You can find and follow her on social media at M-I-S-S, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, that's Miss Success, on all social media. So let's get right into this episode. Hey, Sakita, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? Good. So excited to have you on this episode today, talking about one of my favorite topics, which is influencer marketing. And I feel like you are the perfect person to talk to about this you guys, not only because influencer marketing is hot, but she delivers the best PR boxes that I've ever received in my life. Yes. <laughs> so I knew I had to have you. I'm like, she knows what she's talking about, especially when it comes to brands. I don't think a lot of brands really understand the value of working with influencers and you know, why they should do it. Maybe they, you know, may feel, you know, a little weary and not really understand the benefits of it. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background with influencer marketing and how you got started with all of that. Sure. So as you mentioned, my name is Sakita Holly. I am an award-winning publicist and I own and run House of Success PR. And we primarily work with beauty and lifestyle consumer product brands, brands that you may know like African Pride, Lotta Body, Luster's Pink, Kinky Curly Yaki, and so many more. And 
And as it relates to influencer marketing, that is a key part of the brand conversation now, right? Marketing and PR in general, it's like you, if you don't have a content partnership piece, then it's very hard to launch new brands or even change people's perception about old ones. So it's always something that we put in our strategy. And over the years, like as, you know, influencer marketing has become more popular and more people are aware of it, it has continued to evolve. And you mentioned like PR boxes, which I'm sure we'll get into, which is one tactic that we use to, before we even get into a partnership conversation, to get influencers' attention. Yes, your PR boxes are always the bomb. Like I'm still using products from the African Pride PR box you sent me. It was amazing. Yes. (laughs) Thank you you so much. You're welcome. You come up with the best concepts. And like, that's important, especially I think with building relationships with influencers, right? Because you're playing off emotion too. like the box. It made me feel good. I'm like, oh, this is cute. Especially when you go as far as personalizing things. Mm -hmm. So like, we're going to, I want to dive into all of this and talk about all of that. So let's get into the first question I want to talk to you about is how does the use of influencers as part of the part of the brand social media strategy, how will that help brands grow online? Because I work with a lot of clients who really don't understand the benefit and they may not see how it could benefit them, but I know for a fact that it's like the thing that they need to do. Absolutely. And I agree that most brand executives, they don't really get it because a lot of times brands want, when when they do an activity, they want immediate gratification from it, right? So if I work with I want to see sales shoot up the day they post their content, but we know that's not even really how it works. That's not how consumers work. And it's very, it's hard to connect someone's content with same day sales or even sales down the line. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where those purchases come from if you're not using like a trackable link or a trackable code. However, what influencers and content creators do is they further amplify a brand's reach. So even if a brand has more followers than a content creator, they may not have the same followers. So content creators allow you to reach other audiences that you may not have had a chance to reach, and you're reaching them with a trusted resource, a trusted voice. So if I see you, Michelle, talk about something, I know that it's something that I should at least pay attention to right? Because Mm -hmm. I trust your voice. Um, I trust you. I trust that you're not going to post anything that would be harmful or that, you know, may not be something that I would be interested in. And I think that is, that's something that is undervalued on the brand side because they're, they just think about the money that they have to spend and they don't see the long-term potential of, product education in all the different ways that influencers can influence consumer purchases. Yeah, especially the content piece, right? Because you can pay a celebrity, you know, a really large sum of money to do content and you can pay influencers, you know, half that, but you, you may get even better content. Oh, a thousand percent. Like these days, celebrities are not the most, I guess, reputable or go-to choices for 
brand partnerships, it has to be something that is really, really authentic because a lot of celebrities in their teams, they go where the money is, right? They're not necessarily partnering with brands that they love. They're just going to read a piece of paper, a script, and, and say whatever you want them to say as long as they're able to cash a check afterwards. But you know, influencers, it's just, it's just a much better uh, bang for your buck. And also a lot of brands, they talk down or maybe, maybe not understand the influencer space, but unless you are investing those dollars in creating your own branded content, then you have to choose which lane you want to be in. And most brands are not spending the money or taking the time to create their own branded content. And one brand that it's a newer brand, but they have taken this route is Ajawa Beauty. Um, I love I love what they're doing, but she is focused on how can I create content um, on our own that we can kind of use over and over and over again. And I think her she has taken a very unique approach, but she's investing the money that she may use for influencer campaigns on creating content. And that's that's something that most brands just don't do. So they miss out on an opportunity. Absolutely. I think that was a very good example. And I love her brand. I mean, it's it's really nice and it, like it appeals to you online. And that's that's so important. And that's a whole nother conversation. But what are some other ways brand can benefit from using influencers in their marketing campaigns, especially when it comes to like new campaigns and new products that they're launching? That's a fantastic question. Two things, two, two ways uh, brands can benefit is product education and demonstration, right? So product education is one thing because it, it takes care of the awareness piece. When you when you launch a new product line or a new brand, there is already so much noise in the market that you want to be able to break through and say, I am here, right? Or this product is now available. And when it comes to demonstration, that's where we see the tutorials and like the reels or the TikToks. Once I can see the product in play or in motion, or I can see what results I can get from using it, that is really the next piece of bringing me closer to clicking on your website, adding a product to cart, or going into a store and purchasing. Because I'm like, oh, I definitely want my hair to look like that, or I want my makeup or my skin to look like that, or my clothes to fit like that. So seeing it helps encourage or inspire purchases and the awareness piece comes in, you know, in the beginning with like first looks and unboxings. And that's where the PR boxes come into play in terms of awareness, because if we excite you enough, you get a million PR packages. But if we send one that is thoughtful, that, you know, is there's a theme, there's a reason that there's a story that you can tell your audience about this box. And it's not just, okay, hey, here are the products. Yeah, no, that is so important. And I agree too. Stories are a great way to do unboxings and I do unboxings on stories and I'm all, I am always so super touched when like the PR box is like personalized and like they take the time and it's like fit to me. Like one time a brand sent me like a yoga mat and like stuff for like Zen and like they know I'm into meditation. I'm like, wow, well they took the time to think about that. Mm -hmm. And that's important when when building relationships. So now it's like, of course, I want to work with them again. Right. And, and I would say to that point, if you are an influencer listening, you know, PR boxes that are that thoughtful and, and that planned out, they cost a lot of money to do. 
right? So they cost a ton of money to do. They take a ton of time to make happen. And every brand is realistically not going to be able to do something of that caliber. So don't count out the brands that are only able to maybe send you a regular, you know, undesigned box with the products in it, because even sending the products themselves costs money. I tell people all the time, free products are not free. Um, Mm -hmm. so just be mindful of that. Like, I don't know if you've, if you've been paying attention on social media recently, like Cartier, they just, um, launched a new fragrance and they're sending people to people's homes, right? That costs a lot of money. They're sending people to people's homes with a box of champagne and caviar, fine china like the whole works and i'm just like oh my god please give me a budget so i can you know do something like (laughs) right but those types of things again if somebody shows up at your door dressed in the caveat the cartier red with the whole shebang you think you're not gonna press record of course you are you know so it's like you want to try to from the brand side you want to try to excite people and be able to tell a story through your products and and through your your rollout but again it costs a lot of money to do so and it may not always be possible with every launch right so can you also ex- give an example of a good process that you've seen where a brand has used influencers and it has been a success, maybe something you have done or something you've seen? Sure. I think one example that I would use, and, and this is going back some years in, is with Lotta Body. When we were relaunching the brand, we did something called My Style Matters. And it was like a 30 day Mm -hmm. engagement where instead of having everyone talk about their love of the products, we want you to talk about you with the products on display or as part of the brand, you know, like. A lot of body asked me why my style matters and everybody has such unique answers for why beauty matters to them, why they take care of their hair the way they do. And it's like they're talking about themselves and stories that are compelling, but the brand was front and center for the whole thing. And then once we got through that, that's when the tutorials started and that's when those started rolling out. But the the best process that brands can take is to invest not not just mm-hmm. do a one-off, not just say, okay, come and do one photo and one video and we'll be done with it. No, invest for as long a period as your budget allows because repetition, as you know, is really what gets people, again, to make those purchases and to at least try a product. And that's really what you want. You want to encourage trial use of a product because if the product is as good as you say, if they try it once, they'll become a long-term customer. I absolutely agree. And I always tell other influencers too, it's like go for the long-term partnerships and to like pitch brands that, and I think brands should be more willing to do long-term partnerships because like you said, people want to see things over and over. And when they see it, they're like, oh, okay. Michelle has talked about Olay a lot. She must really like Olay, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a, you know, and I actually use that. So it's, it's a great to do long-term partnerships because, and it just makes it more authentic too, right? You know, it's if it's a product that you love and you are going to keep using, why not partner? Exactly. If you already have that relationship too. So I think that's super important. Exactly. 
So what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to working with influencers from a brand perspective? I mean, this is an important <laughs> question. I've seen so much on my end working in influencer marketing. So I know you have some gems to drop. So I hope that the influencers listening have their pens ready because. Yeah, from the do's and don'ts for I'm going to give a couple for brands if brands are listening and then a couple for. influencers. Yes. So from a brand yes. perspective, the most important one is to respect the craft respect mm -hmm. the craft of a content creator because it is not easy they are often shooting the content editing the content coming up with the concepts directing it um then distributing it and like there there's so much work that goes into even creating a photo right for a campaign mm -hmm. there's so much work that goes into a video and a lot of times brands are just extremely demanding um, about what they want, how they want it shot, because they're not realizing they don't have a production crew. You know, they're they're doing all of this themselves. So I think the first thing when you want to work with influencers is to respect what they do, first of all. And then from a brand mm -hmm. perspective, too, and this also goes for influencers, but be flexible. You may have an idea of what you what you want um, in terms of campaign assets, videos, stories, photos, TikTok, a reel, whatever the case may be. But let's say that an influencer says, well, actually, my blog, once I post on my blog and then share it on Pinterest, I, the stats and engagement I get from that is much more than, say, what you're asking for. Can we, you know, do this instead? Because I know it will perform well. Like, be flexible. And obviously, if you if you're launching on a particular platform, you do want a piece of content or an asset for that platform. But if there's another way way that you can still reach your goals, be open to it. And for influencers, when it comes to being flexible, be flexible in terms of budgets, right? You have your rates and those are to be respected. But sometimes a brand is not trying to get over on you if they do not, if they can't meet your rate. It, it just is what it is. Like we do a lot as PR people, we do a lot of fighting behind the scenes to increase budgets all the time. And sometimes we are not successful in getting more budget dollars allocated. But what I have always done and anybody that has worked with me will tell you is that if there comes a time where I say, okay, let's lower the scope of work for the rate that we're able to do, I'm always going to keep them in mind for other paid opportunities. So it becomes more of a long-term relationship where I'm like, okay, here's a here's a brand that can meet your budget. Like I'm always trying to advocate for and look out for influencers, but sometimes it has to be a give and take, especially like you said, and if it's a brand that you actually love, right? If it's a new relationship, that's one thing or a brand you haven't tried yet. But if it's a brand that you really love, find a way to get in the door and deliver value because that can put you in line for those longer term or ex more exclusive partnership opportunities. And then the, the last thing I will say for influencers in terms of do's and don'ts is you also have to respect your craft, but also even if no one is answering your pitch emails or if you don't have any partnerships or campaigns to do right now, everything that you do you can turn it into a campaign. So even if you are gifted a set of products and you love them, but no can't, maybe there's no budget available at this time, you should still move forward with creating content. It may not have to be a big production, but talk about the brand. 
because brands are always paying attention and watching. And even if like for me, like I know a bunch of the, the clients I work with, we don't we our budgets are not open right now because of COVID and everything like that. But I have a list of people that will be the first people I call once I get that green light. So you have to treat everything like a campaign until you are able to consistently bring in those paid partnerships. Yes, all of those gems. And I totally agree. The relationship part is so important. I stress that every single day. I'd say that all the time. Building long-term relationships with brands and the, and the PR people, that's important mm-hmm. too. Treat everybody like a person. You know, the other person on the other side of the email is a person. Yes, yes. I think we forget that. Yeah, and relationships are the the lifeblood of our business. Relationships are so important. Like there could be someone with over a hundred thousand followers and they may have created amazing content, but if, you know, behind the scenes, if they weren't pleasant or if they were difficult to work with, then that will be the last time that we work with them. And when it comes to PR people, you, we may have worked together on one brand, but what if, you know, in a month we sign three of your other favorite brands that you've always wanted to work with, but we're the team that you now have to go through. And we just had this negative experience with you. Right. And I think that goes both ways because sometimes from the brand side, again, people can be demanding and unreasonable. So you as an influencer can make that same decision. Like, you know, I really like this brand, but I I don't, appreciate maybe how I was handled, you know, as we were trying to build this relationship. So I think that goes both ways, but relationships, nurturing them, not waiting for people to contact you. Like if you haven't heard from one of your contacts or PR reps that you've worked with in the past, like now is a great time to reach out and say, hey, you just crossed my mind. I really love working on X, Y, Z. And, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, just let me know, you know, how I can help or what I can do. I would love to, you know, put whatever you're working on back in front of my community. Like find out what's going on with the brands that you haven't heard from, because a lot of them have shut down their budgets. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, even even this podcast episode, I mean, we've worked together. I mean, you send me PR boxes, but I'm pretty sure if I was like super unpleasant, you'd be like, yeah, girl, no, I'm not getting <laughs> on your podcast episode. Absolutely. Like, I stress that. So I'm like, be just be a good person, be nice to people and realize that on the other side of that email is another person. So to all the influencers, because I'm sure there's a lot, just really nurture those relationships. And I want to add to that because you just said something important. Like we used to work together when you were you know, creating content, you were an influencer. And then as you transitioned your business and career and started working for brands, we still maintained our relationship. You know, even even though at the time it's like, okay, she's transitioning out of this space, but we kept in touch. We continue to follow one another and engage with one another's work. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. What a mistake that a lot of people make on, on the brand side, as well as the influencer side is if if they don't deem you to be useful, they don't see a need to continue a relationship or even try to build one. And I think when you approach it from from a transactional standpoint, you miss out on a lot because this podcast episode, like you said, would not be possible had we not stayed in touch as you evolved in your career. 
Absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like you have stay in touch with people. Like, I don't know, you might work on some lifestyle brand down the road. I don't know. I'm still a lifestyle influence. I just don't necessarily do hair exactly. anymore. Or, you know, I could do something with life. Right. So, yes, <laughs> you, know. But, you know, so yeah. So, you, you know, at that time, you're right. I did have, you know, stipulations because I did work for a major brand. So I couldn't work with any other hair care brands. But yeah, so keep these relationships going strong, everybody. That is the message. So the last question, and this has been such a great episode. I just really appreciate all the gems that you have dropped. But what are three quick tips that business owners and brands can implement right now when it comes to hiring influencers and working with the first tip is don't always focus on numbers we and actually i don't want to include myself in that because i've never been this way most brands and most executives want the person with the most followers even though that may not be the person that will most connect with the product or the audience and consumer you're trying to reach everybody that has a million followers today started out with zero so look mm-hmm. for those emerging voices who have a unique perspective, who are creating like exciting content. There are so many of those who don't even have 5,000 followers that I'm like, I love your content. As soon as I can, I'm throwing some money or some opportunities your way. And even though I don't have a budget open right now, I want to add you to our PR list because I value what you're doing, right? So I want to get you start you know, grooming you to to do these partnerships down the line. So that's the first thing. Be open to emerging voices. Um, the next tip is to also allow be again, going back to what I said earlier about being flexible, really make it a partnership. You may have a goal like, okay, we're launching a new product, but instead of coming to an influencer and saying, here are that, here's what the campaign is, maybe loop them in a little bit earlier and say, what are some of your ideas? How do you think, you know, what's a really creative way that you think you could tell this story? Like really make them a true partner versus just a, here's what we need, make this content, we'll pay you and we'll keep it pushing. You know, and that's another way to build lasting relationships. And the third thing is, um, and this is not involving influencers necessarily at all, but create your own branded content. And, And if you want to hire influencers, hire them to participate in that. So hire them for, you know, if you're doing a commercial, Bring it, bring in a familiar face. If you're doing, you know, working with a stylist, um, a celebrity stylist or something, have an influencer be the person who is being styled. You know, that adds another element to the equation, even though they're not having to produce or create the content on their own. There's so many ways that you can bring them in. Or if you're doing events, once we can do events again, you know, have them come and do a meet and greet or have them come and talk about their experience with the product. It's like get more creative uh, with how we're working together. Right. And just have a conversation. What do you like to do? I don't I'm sure in your journey as an influencer there, I don't think a brand likely has said, hey, Michelle, what are you interested in? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe a few. Right. But I think that's that we need to have more of that conversation. And for the influencers, be be more um, empowered, right? Because you know what you love to do. You know the type of content that performs well that you love to create. So don't be afraid to speak up. 
when a brand comes to you because brands want to work with you and you can often dictate the terms of how that goes. That's huge. That is huge. Well, that that was <laughs> so I wanna I mean, if you didn't get any gems out of this, I I don't know. So I want to thank you so much, Sakita, for coming on this episode and dropping so many gems. But I want you to tell everyone where they can find you if you have anything special going on they can sign up for because you always drop gems and they need to be. Thank in you on so that. much again for having me. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Success. That's M I S S Success. And I also have a podcast called The Sakita Method. So after you listen to this episode, definitely go check that out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Oh, thank you so much, Sakita. Again, this has been an amazing episode, and I want to thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you in the next one.